Welcome to Talks at Stellenbosch Uni, Stellenbosch University's podcast where we talk about current topics and innovative research done at the university. Here's your host, Spurgeon Haddon Wilson. Today we are joined by Professor Mark Tomlinson, the co-director of the Institute for Life Course Health Research within the Department of Global Health. Prof's research has involved a diverse range of topics that have in common an interest in factors that contribute to compromised maternal health, the understanding of infant and child development in context of high diversity, as well as the impact of maternal depression on infant and child health and development. Good morning, Prof, and welcome. Morning, thank you. So, Prof, tomorrow, the 11th of July, is known as World Population Day that was established in 1989 by the Governing Council of the United Nations Development Programme. Can you tell us, Prof, what exactly is World Population Day and why is it um, that we observe such a day every year? So in, in 1987, um, the, there was a, a milestone was reached, um, and it was not an exact milestone, population growth and exact estimates is always a little bit of a guess. But basically, on the 11th of July in 1987, um, the world reached a very particular milestone where the world population reached 5 billion people. And that prompted the United Nations two years later to then uh, you know, inaugurate this World Population Day, um, you know, to commemorate that milestone. Um, and the idea was really to, to think about all the challenge, challenges related to, to population, to population growth. Um, for many, when they hear that word, they immediately think of overpopulation, like there's immediately a problem. Um, and in fact, it's much, much more complicated than that and that it's, it's, it's less, about the number of people, but the ways in which we live, how we encroach uh, in on 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 wildlife, on wild uh, on wild areas, and about the extent to which massive inequalities in the world, in fact, are much more of a problem than the number of people. So, in fact, for example, we know that there's ample food globally to feed everybody, but in fact enormous amounts don't ever get to the people that need them and equally um, enormous amounts are wasted for example by high-income countries so so it's less necessarily a simple fact of the numbers but about all the other things that come with that and so with world population day there's a there's a theme every year um, uh, in this 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 year for example um, this Saturday, um, the theme is on um, section reproductive rights and gender equality. Um, in you know, in 2011, when when the world population level crossed the seven billion mark, um, the focus was how to engage people, all seven billion people in the world at the time, to try and think about uh, challenges related to to our planet. Prof, you've just mentioned. So, in essence, the World Population Day is to raise awareness regarding these population issues, like you said, not necessarily the number, but the issues um, regarding um, population and the challenges in that regard. So what are a few of the population issues we are facing in the world today? I think you've mentioned one or two, but what are the others we are facing today? Sure, thank you. Um, so, so the, just to get, to put it in context, just to give you an idea of the level of the of of the growth, so of of population. 
Um, so in fact, it's actually been colossal in the last um, 200 years. So it took us, in fact, like ten, hundreds of thousands of years and sort of modern humans, probably about 10,000 years as estimate to get to, to a global population of 1 billion. So 10,000, 100,000 years, whatever figure you want to you know, put to that, to get to 1 billion. Um, and that was reached in 1800. From 1800 to, to now, to this year, we had the, the estimated global population is 7.8 billion. So basically 6.8 billion has been added in that 220 years where the first billion took those thousands of years. So there's been massive growth. And a very important thing linked to that has been the shift of people from rural areas into urban areas and, and the things that, that, that go with that. So, for example, in 1950, which again is, you know, 70, you know, 70 years ago, it's not a, not a long time, um, is there were approximately three quarters of a million people living in urban areas. So only three quarters of a million people lived in urban areas in 1950. In but that's now swelled by 2018 to about 4.2 billion. And South Africa, we very much along with that trend, um, where more than two thirds uh, of South Africans now live in, in in urban areas. And so the the question is, what what is what 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 implications does it have for us? So so there've been lots of benefits for urbanisation, um, more cooperation. Um, the global global economies have have massively improved across the world, and obviously again massive inequalities. But, you know, rates of, of, of people dying of preventable diseases have dropped dramatically since about 1990. And that's often because of access to health care where that was more difficult in rural areas. And, and there are lots and lots of reasons for that. So there are lots of good things about urbanization, of course. But one of the, the, the less good things, one of the negative things about that, and that has come with that economic growth, has been massive industrialization and with that, as we all know, massive, massive pollution um, and, and increases in greenhouse gases to the point where we're now worrying about very seriously about sort of global climate breakdown and, and catastrophe. Um, linked to that, what, what's happened as well is that as urban areas have, have grown bigger and, and started expanding um, and with, with some, some food shortages in some parts of the, parts of the world, is that these urban areas have spread into previous areas where nobody was living, into, for example, previous areas which like jungles, for example, previous wild areas. Um, and that's the, the point I tried to make in the, in the, in, in the op-ed that I, I wrote around what are the implications um, of that for this current pandemic we're in. Um, and the link is, 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 fair, is a fairly direct one. It's, 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 we're not exactly sure exactly where COVID-19, this novel coronavirus, originated. But for, by most accounts, um, people you know, um, have argued that it's due to um, that, that, that there's a, an animal involved and, and what we would describe as zoonotic diseases. So these are diseases um, that are... Um, that are, are transferred from from an animal to 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 a human, and that one of one of what's what, what's happened in in as we've expanded, is that these cities have have really devastated wildlife. Um, so again, some of the estimates are that we're losing our biodiversity um, at a rate of about one thousand times that in in, in pre-human times. Um, and in fact, the total mass of wild animals globally has been reduced by over eighty percent. 
um, and plant mass by 50%. What that means is that the remaining animals have got to find different ways to live in kind of really odd, intimate configurations with humans. Um, and, and almost all the recent pandemics, um, SARS, Ebola, all of them have originated where some coronavirus often has been transferred from an animal to a human. So the link between our urban grow cities, our, our growth uh, and impinging on, on, on wildlife and other wild areas, there's a direct relationship to the to the pandemic that we that we currently that we currently find ourselves in. Um, yeah, that is really good to know, especially now that we are in COVID nineteen and what the links are with with World Population Day. So thank you for that, Prof. So what are the implications if you just think of um, for future reference, especially in terms of a growing population and a growing world population? Well, I, th I think one of the, the key things, and, and one of the the, the sad, there are many, there are many very difficult and very sad things about this pandemic, of course. But one of the saddest ones, I think, has been the fact that it's led in many countries or globally to a sort of almost less cooperate, less cooperation. So countries becoming quite inward-looking, quite nationalistic, and you think of. China and you think of Trump and you think of what's happening in, in Brazil and this sort of this inward looking nationalism. In fact, what this pandemic needs is a global response, is a global, global leaders, a, a sort of a kind of a Marshall plan to think about how, how using a term that's being used a lot now, how we, how we build back better and we make sure that when the next coronavirus comes, the next pandemic comes, because there will undoubtedly be one. Um, we were told about this one coming 20 years ago by many people, and we all just continued as, as it was before. So we're going to have uh, very serious issues related to climate. We are going to get another coronavirus. And the response to that is to make sure that we have more cooperation and, very importantly, less massive inequality um, I, I, I looked at a figure the other day, and the, the overdraft fees that the United States, the population of the United States pays every year, just the overdraft fees, is more than 25 times the size of the entire Malawi economy. That kind of inequality um, makes it even more likely that we're going to have things in the future, because poor countries, poor people have no choices. But, you know, for example, it's very easy for somebody sitting in a comfortable home in London or New York or Cape Town, for that matter, because of our massive inequalities, to say, um, you know, this is all the, the cause of, of somebody, whether it's in China, whether it's anywhere else in the world, um, for example, eating wild animals. But when you have no choices and when you're poor, um, the 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 luxury of being able to choose what you eat in order to survive is not something that you have. And so unless we find a way to better equitably distribute the massive wealth that does exist, the food that does exist in the world, and find more equitable ways to do that and stop the waste that we do, we will be setting ourselves up for more of this in the future, not less. And so it's utterly vital that there's there's some form of global leadership, and in fact, you know what we're seeing in 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 the United States withdrawal from the WHO. So so literally at the in the in the midst of a global pandemic, um, 
one of the most powerful global health leaders, which is the United States, which provides massive funding through USID, amazing funding, um, have transformed the, 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 the picture of, of Africa in terms of, for example, antiretrovirals, but withdrawing from WHO in the midst of this pandemic, pandemic I mean, is exactly the opposite um, of what we actually need, not only to address this pandemic, but to build back better so that we prevent um, future pandemics and we better mitigate um, what, what is going to happen as our climate is put under more stress um, and continues to break down. Um, we need cooperation, not, not kind of inward looking separation. Thank you so much, Prof. Just one final thought, as we all as um, citizens of South Africa, as we approach um, 11 July tomorrow, is there one thought that you want us to reflect on um, just as a final idea or thought? Yeah, I mean, perhaps, as, and I suppose it links to what I've, I've just, just, just been saying, is that um, is we're all in this together, whether you are rich, whether you're poor, um, whoever you might be, we're in this together, and that the, the, the way out of this and the way to build back better is through more cooperation with others, to better understand people that we don't normally kind of engage with. We have to find a way... Um, to cooperate because that's what that's what humans in fact are massively good at we very very we are we are born social animals we work with, with others uh, and we need other people to survive the downside of that often is that we then often get into these small little groups and get very nationalistic and it becomes we other you know we we kind of we, it's us versus the others or there's some other group out there we have to find a way to do that differently because if we don't all find a solution together um, I don't want to end on a negative note and say we're all going to go down together. I, don't, I think it's more complicated than that. But the way out of this in a way to, to help us all do better down the line is to all be in this together. Thank you so much, Prof, for that. And especially for the work that you do. We appreciate it and all of the best. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Follow all the latest Stellenbosch University news at www.sun.ac.za or follow us on all the largest social media platforms.